It's time. It's time. Everybody say, it's time. It's time. It's time for something big to happen. It's time to take action. It's time to be who we've been called to be. This theme, these words, it's time, can be this common theme through all the, as you saw, the movies and the stories that we love. It's time. These, these words that end up really defining our lives, if you think back to all the defining, pivotal, life-changing moments in your life, it's time. Those words were uttered in one way or another. It's time. It's time to graduate. It's time to go interview for your first job. It's time to go into the delivery room for the first time as a couple. It's, it's time. It's time to grow a family. It's time. It's time for all these defining moments in our lives to be married, to have kids, to discover your purpose and why you were created. For us and every single person in these movies, there comes a point for you and I in our lives when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are caught up in something much bigger than yourselves. There are these X marks the spot moments on the timeline of our lives. And when you experience those moments, for better or for worse, there is no going back to the way that things were. These X marks the spot moments define our lives and require us to take action, to take a step forward. The Bible has a name for these X marks the spots moment, and they're Kairos moments. Everybody say Kairos. Kairos moments. These moments where God breaks in into our ordinary lives. It's important to know when the Bible talks about time, he does so in a couple different ways. The New Testament was written in Greek, and there's a few different Greek words for the word time that translate into our English word. And one of them is chronos, is where we get chronological time, the time that has a beginning and an end from start to finish. But often when Jesus talks about time, particularly in the Gospels, he uses a different word, and it's kairos. Everybody say kairos. Kairos can be defined as this, the right or opportune time. The right or opportune moment, a moment when God's kingdom breaks into our chronos, our chronological reality, and we are forced to take action. We cannot be the same. Today, November 15th, 2020, is a Kairos moment for Hope Elam. Amen? Praise God. That is where we are. That is where... We are, and it is, our, it is our deepest prayer, it is our most sincere prayer, that today you would hear the voice of God calling out to you, whether you're here in the room today, whether you're one of the hundreds of, uh, of us worshiping online today, that you would hear God's voice call out to you, it's time. It's time to leave the past behind. It's time to leave your hurts and your baggage and your wounds behind, and it's time to come to Jesus and hear the whisper of Jesus calling out to you, it's time for something brand new. And yet in the midst of all of this and these grand visions, there's probably people that are watching and tuning in or maybe you're just scrolling through your Facebook feed today and you said, oh, there's a white guy and a black guy on stage together. I'm gonna check this out for a while. What's going on here? Whatever brought you here today, some of you might look at what we're doing here today, two very different churches, starting a brand new church, actually willingly, intentionally choosing to come together in the middle of a pandemic, when, when, when tensions of political and racial divides are all at an all-time high, are you guys crazy? A little bit. Michael, a little bit more crazy than I am. But are you guys crazy to do it at this time? Well, hold on. Maybe it's the perfect time. Because a divided world is desperate for a unified church. Amen? And that's why we're here today. 
and that is why we are here. Maybe this is the perfect time, a Kairos moment. Don't miss it. The darker it gets out there, the brighter the light shines. The darker it gets in our world, in our nation, our city, the brighter the light shines. But the truth is we have a long way to go. Today is just the beginning. We've got a long way to go, and we know this, because back in 1963, you've probably heard this famous quote from Dr. King before, and he said this. It's appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. According to our clock here, it's 11.31. And at Hope Elam, that's not true. Amen? That's why we're here this morning. That was true in 1963, and in many churches, it's true today, and that's one of the many reasons that we're here, because the world has drawn up lines and built walls where Jesus never intended them. This was never Jesus' design for us to be apart, to be separated, to let the things that come between us stand between us, especially in the church. If there should be any place where you can come together and be united, even in your differences, it should be the church of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here today. It was never God's design. So sometimes if we look at what's wrong with the world, we got to take a step back. And it's true that all throughout history, all throughout his story, throughout God's story, God has been telling a much different story and giving us a different picture of what it looks like to be unified as God's people and to experience a synergy that the world would look at and say, I don't know what it is about these church people. I don't know what it is about these Jesus followers, but I want some of that. Because there's something there that you can't get anywhere else in the world, in God's, in Jesus' church, to experience a synergy that the world can't wait to be a part of. Wow. My Lord, have mercy, Pastor. A little different crowd than nine, A little huh? different crowd. We got to yeah, rile them you, up a little you, bit. You, 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 you rile them up. You a little up. looser. Okay. I like okay. that. All right. Watch it. All right. You know, I sing something, and, you know, I think each service is different. And, you know, I try to give us something a little different for those of you. I was watching a movie, and Rudy... Rudy. He grabbed his helmet, and he said, are you ready? Did you see it? Yeah. Rudy said, I've been waiting all my life for this. Wow. Wow. When faith becomes sight is when Jesus shows up. Come on, say his name, Jesus. Oh, uh, better than that, Jesus. Jesus. Like you want him to show up, Jesus. Yeah. And when Jesus shows up, the Bible is clear. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. But what happens when faith becomes sight? Mm -hmm. What happens when gestation turns into implementation? Mm -hmm. When faith becomes sight, is like Pastor said, it creates that synergy. Mm -hmm. It creates yes. that synergy. Yeah. It, it it's the combined efforts. It's, it's greater than the sum of the separate part. The combined effect is just like rowing. They're rowing in motion they're rowing in synergy they're rolling rowing with one mind and one motive they're they're gaining momentum by working together a lot better than it was just one man rowing it creates a synergy and that's what we're trying to create here at Opelum. we're trying to create a synergy where everybody just comes together and praise our one and only resurrected lord and savior jesus christ and we want that synergy to be created where people will come from the north and the south and the east and the west to come and say, didn't our hearts burn? Why we came to Hope Elam. It's a synergy just like Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know all things work together. Synergy. All things work together for who? Those who love the Lord. Why? Who are called 
according to his purpose. When faith becomes sight, a synergy is created. A movement is created. Now, we have to know the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't like that. And for the Bible readers, you know the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you day and night. He never stops. So Amen. what he tries to do, he tries to separate you from the synergy that God has already created in you by his spirit. Let's look at Luke. Simon, Simon, it's so nice. He said it twice. John, John. <laughs> Pam, Pam. I'm just saying names. If I hit your name, it don't mean nothing. I'm just hollering out names. Simon, Simon. Satan wants to separate you. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to separate you from the spirit. He wants to separate you from your salvation. He wants to separate you. He wants to sift you like wheat. But Simon, I'm praying that you won't be separated, that your faith fails not. And when you get strong, then go get somebody else. Simon, but then if you go to 2232, the next verse, it says, but I'm praying for you. That's his message. He's praying for us. Just like in John 17, he's praying for us. When we become separated, he wants to solidify us. He wants to solidify us from the evil one. John 17, 15 says he wants to keep us safe from the evil one. And he tells us, and he wants everybody to believe in him. He wants us to believe the message because the message provides momentum and the Amen. momentum gives us one mind. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you if also in Christ Jesus. And that mind will turn into a movement and a synergy that God wants us to have. So Jesus Good. says, I want all to believe. I want everyone, I want everyone to believe that we're one. Just like the Father and I are one. Amen. Just like you are one in me. Amen. Oh, y'all, a quiet group must be over here. I see you got your hand up, my sister. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, Amen. one God, above all, in all, through all, one spirit, one hope, one calling. It's Amen. all about one. Come on, say it with me. We are one. We are one. It's been that way all along. It's been that that was God's vision from the very beginning. And John, I just believe yeah. that. And I believe now yeah. it's time. Now it's time. Now it's time. It's time. Now it's time for us to be one. All one. right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right, that's it. Everybody go home. We're going to end on that. Jesus. Wow. That's God's story. That's his story, his story. And we want you to hear loud and clear that story all throughout the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, God's heart has not changed. It's for us to be one. And we are the continuation of that story this morning. You are more a part of this than you realize. We are Acts chapter 28. Bible people, don't go look that up. It's not there. You are Acts chapter 28 you are the continuation of the story of the church, that God has designed us to be one. If you're worshiping online, if you feel disconnected, if you feel alone, if you feel isolated, you are more a part of this than you know. 
God has been telling this story from the beginning. And over the last, well, really, over the last 20-some years, Michael's got just a couple years on me. Praying. That's right. That's right. Praying, dreaming, praying, dreaming. And today is the result of many, many, many years of faithful, faithful prayers and surrenders. Praise God. We are a part of this story. We are a part of this story today. And I tell you, over the last year, as we've been getting more intentional and having these conversations about merging two churches together, I have to tell you this. I've never been more excited about what God is doing in this city. And as one of your leaders, I've also never been more convicted in my life. We have come so far. But we have so far to go. We have so far to go. And I am utterly convinced and convicted this morning that one of the best ways, the best way that we can model Jesus' heart for the kingdom is to stop talking about unity and start living it out and start modeling it and start being a light in the darkness of our city and do something about it. And do something about it. This isn't anything new. This is God's heart. It's his story. And it's this common vision that has gripped us. Elam people, it's the pillars of promise vision coming to life. Hope people, it's the 10 for 10 vision coming together. And one of the common threads in both of those is unity. To be unity agents in our city. You want to know what Hope Elam is about? What What is all this about? Why are we having a big Jesus party today? It's this. It's this vision that God has called us to. To build bridges of harmony for cultures that are divided by race, ethnicity, creed, gender, politics, or worldview. We're avoiding the ditches of legalism and relativism, rising above dismissive debates, calling instead for a third way of civility, compassion, respect, love, and don't miss this today. The acknowledgement that the Christ who unites us is greater than the issues that can divide us. Amen? That's why we're here. (laughs) Maybe that message is needed now more than ever. A divided nation needs a united church more than ever. We are called to be a bridge-building church, Hope Elam. Why? Because we have a bridge-building God. It's It's at the center. It's the very symbol of our faith. You might notice you get two crosses for the price of one today. Two very good looking crosses. The Hope Des Moines cross from Ingersoll and the latest edition as of a couple days ago, the beautiful Elam cross from Elam Christian Fellowship right there. We built this cross and brought it in here. I said, wow, it's so big, it's so powerful, it's so mighty. Had some volunteers go over to Elam the other day and get that cross. And I said, oh my word, Pastor Hurst, you're going to have to pick up your cross and carry it every day. 600-pound cross. You want to know what the same thing is true about both crosses? That cross beam represents a bridge, and certainly the bridge that has united us, that has brought us together back in relationship, sinful people with a perfect God. It is the bridge, and because of that, the cross is the bridge that unites us as people, that yes, we are different, but we have way more in common than we do that separates us, and the cross brings us together. It's at the middle of our name, hope plus Elam, hope cross Elam, the the cross of Jesus Christ, is what unites us. We don't build bridges as a church so that we can all agree. We don't build bridges as a church so that we can all be the same. That's not the goal. That's never been the goal. We build bridges so that people can experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist as a church. Amen? Now, this is where people often get confused. And they say, oh, I see what you're doing here. 
Pastor John, Pastor Mike, we're bringing these two churches together because Jesus wants everybody to just be the same. Nothing could be further from the truth. Absolutely not. We are after, let us be clear, we are after unity, not uniformity. We are after oneness, not sameness. We are different. We are very, very different. Turn to the people around you, look at them in distance and say, we're different. Look at them right now. Say, we're different. We're different. And that's what we love about you. I mean, just start with Pastor Hurst and I. We're so different. There is, I mean, obvious, one startling, obvious, definitive difference between the two of us. I'm a Hawkeye fan, and he's a Spartan fan. And I, it, and yet, let's not get into a couple weeks ago. You want to see two pastors watch football together. We're different. We're different. His kids are all grown up. We're working on tying our shoes in our house. We're different. He's from Detroit. I'm from Story City. We're different. We're different, and that's a good thing. And Hope Elam, you're different, and that's a good thing. So praise God for that. We're different. That's what we love about you. That's what we love about Hope Elam. We've got black and white and brown and male and female and hawks and clones and bulldogs and Republicans and Democrats and young and young at heart. And you see what I did there? You've got, you've got, you've got rich and poor and city and suburban people that have never been to church before. Maybe this is your first Sunday. You've got people that have been coming to church their whole life in the same room today. I believe it. We've got Lutherans and Pentecostals and the, even the Catholics are welcome at Hope Elam for pity's sakes. And this is why that matters. I'm just, I'm just joking with you. Here's why that matters and actually why it doesn't matter. There ain't going to be no denominations in heaven, I'll tell you that, okay? They're not going to be carting you at the door of heaven. And if you get to heaven, I guarantee there's going to be people that don't look like you and act like you and sing like you and live where you do and worship like you. And if it's going to be like that, then we might as well start getting used to it now. Amen? The message today, the message today, be you. Be you. Be you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Bible scholars help me out here. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom to be you, to worship in the way that God has designed you. So be you. But hear us say this, way more important than the type of songs we sing or the style of our worship is the substance of our worship. Worship has never been about us and what we like or don't like. It's always been about him, and he's worthy of our worship no matter what's going on in our lives. It's not about us. It's always been about him, uh, hearts that are surrendered to him. About a year ago, back at our uh, Ingersoll location, I had a lady come up to me after worship. We got a little crazy with worship that day. We had some people hooting and hollering and things like that, and so this lady comes up to me, and she says, Pastor, I need to talk to you about the music at this church. And I said, uh-oh, uh-oh, right? Yeah, that's it, uh-oh, okay? Grumbling and complaining, I'm just getting myself prepared for it. She said, I want you to know, I don't really like all the songs we sing here. It's not really my style, she said. I'm more of a quiet, reserved person when I worship, and yet I look around me, and there's all these people, and they're clapping, and they're singing loud, and they're dancing, and they're doing the touchdown symbol, and I don't know what's going on with that, and they've got their hands in the air, and they've got tambourines, and it's all different, and yet I, and then her demeanor shifted, and yet I look around me at all these people, young and old, black and white, 
new to church, been there their whole life, and I look around and I see people connecting to Jesus. I see this church reaching people for Jesus. And it may not be my thing, but I want you to know I'm all in. I'm all in. Yes, sir. I'm all for it. Synergy. 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 Harmony. Finding our unity, not in our different opinions of how church should be done, but finding our unity in Jesus Christ. Amen? In the cross, in our mission, that there's more that brings us together than divides us. It reminds me of the early church in Acts chapter 4. Let's read it together. This is how Acts describes the early church. Go ahead and go to the next slide. All the believers were of one heart and mind. One heart and mind. And that's what we love about you, Hope Elam. You're different. We're so different. We're all passionate about different things, but there is one thing that unites us, that brings us together. We are all passionate about people experiencing the life-changing love of Jesus Christ, and that is what defines this church. Amen? So what do we do now? Well, we had a big celebration today. We had a big kickoff. So what do we do now? This Kairos moment, where do we go from here? Well, this is just the beginning, and we want to make very clear today. Diversity does not automatically equal reconciliation. We come a long ways, but we've got a long way to go. Being together is different than coming together. And coming together has to do with what's been going on in our hearts, Hope Elam, over the last year. It's what you've been doing in the Be the Bridge classes of coming together. It's learning to listen more than we speak. It's about letting go and laying down our biases and our agendas and our prejudices and doing the hard work of listening to each other, forgiving each other, bearing with each other, all the each others in the New Testament, loving each other through this. Hope Elam, we're not just going to talk a good game. We're going to live it out. We're going to be that kind of church, not just when it's popular, not just when it's in the news. We're not just going to make Facebook posts about it. We're going to be the church that Jesus had in mind. We're going to walk it out. We're going to live it out. But that's hard. It's hard. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to lay it down and let go of the things that divide us at the foot of the cross. But that's been Jesus' prayer all along. And John 17 gives us a picture of that. John 17 gives us a roadmap of our next steps as a church together. Wow. Tag you team. can tell he's been hanging around me, can't you? You can tell that boy going to be bad. That boy. Wow, Pastor. I'm loving it, man. Listen. Listen. All of this sounds good, but none of this will work if we don't surrender. You got to surrender. You, we got to sort of be like Jesus. I need a Bible reader now. You know, Jesus was up in heaven sitting on the right hand of God with the scepter of Judah in his hand, chilling. And God said, but now you got to go down and do my will. And Jesus says in John 5:30, because I seek not my own will, but the will of my father who has sent me. And because my father has sent me by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgments is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me, Amen. because I seek not my own will, but the will of my Father who has sent me. He created us. We did not create ourselves. We have a holy daddy, an awesome daddy, Amen. one that we should want to surrender to on a daily basis. 
So, you know, sometimes we understand how the accuser works. The accuser always wants to snatch up everything God has done. The Bible calls us the seed of Abraham. We are the seed of God. And this happened to me at nine. And I just want to take a few minutes to just make this come to life. <laughs> you got it. I, I got to make this come to life about the seed. In, in, in Genesis 3, you, you know, you had uh, Genesis 4, you had Cain and you had Abel, Genesis 4. Cain killed Abel. Abel was the seed to go through the generations, the 42 generations to get to Jesus. So the enemy thought he had won by killing Abel. But then in Genesis 4:25, it says that God sent another seed. Uh, and that other seed was named Seth. The Hebraic word for Seth is substitute. Com uh, compensation. Sub he substituted Seth for Abel so the seed could continue. Oh, uh, y'all sort of missed that one. Let's yeah. go to the text. Maybe you can get it when I do it this way. Watch it. I told you he was a substitute. Jesus, he himself bore, he took our sins. He took our sins and put it in his body. That's a substitute. He took what was ours and put it on him. And then he went to the cross. Oh, y'all got it. I got to stop here. I got to stop here. He, he, he took it. He took it to the cross. Now I got to go to Genesis 3 to make this come to life. You know, he told Adam. You can do anything, but just don't eat from the tree of good and evil. What did Adam do? Listening to that fine cutie like Cheryl Hurst. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Watch out. Eve talked him into it, and he, and he ate it. And so God said, okay, since you were disobedient, now I'm going to hide the tree of life from you. I'm going to block the tree of life from you. But then when I kept reading and I went to uh, the New Testament in Acts 5.30, it says that God raised Jesus from the dead and he was hanging on a tree. But I was reading a different translation. I said a tree. So then I went to the NLT and the NLT said he was on a cross. So the tree is the cross. The, the same tree in Genesis is the same tree. And he substituted. And he... And he, 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 the tree that he wouldn't get on in Genesis is the tree he got on in First Peter, to be a substitute, to be a substitute for for our sins. For what? Why did he do it? Why was he a substitute? Once we surrender, he becomes a substitute. So we, so that. So we might die to sins and live by righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Now this brings us, he heals us for a reason. Are you ready for the reason? It's time to work. It's time to serve. He heals you so we can go help other hurt people uh, by serving them. You are at Hope Elam to work. You just not here to say go go go. No, you here to work. Amen. You're here to serve. Look at Amen, here. Sir. You did not choose you. You did not choose him, but he chose you. He appointed you that you might go. And then he says, "Bear fruit, produce." He tells you to go. Then he tells you to produce. But you Amen. can't produce without his presence. 
Oh, you missed it. But when you have his presence, he gives his power. Amen. And the power comes through the prayer in John 17. And you need to pray in John 17 because persecution is coming. But once you get by the persecution, then he gives you a promise. Do you see the promise? Do you see it? Do you see it? Whatever you ask. In my name. I'll give it to you. So I'm going to ask for a unified church. I'm going to ask for a unified mind. I want to ask for a unified body where we make geography community, where we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, comfort those who mourn. It's our time. It's our time. It's our time. Amen. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to be the church. I hate to break it to you, but church is not an event that you attend. It's a mission that you join. And that is the invitation of Jesus today, to not come and consume. This is called a church service, yes. not a church consumption. You are not here to simply take it in. You are here to get equipped and empowered to go serve, to go be the church. It's, on, time. it's time. And God is... God has called us to that. That's the invitation today. And God has given us a crystal clear picture of the future of what we've been called to do as the church. It's this vision that God's given us. Let's read it together. Wow. Powered by the Spirit to bring Christ to all cultures. Revive the world with God's love and make heaven more crowded. That's the picture of where we're going. That's the invitation today. And I have to be honest with you. I read that and I think to myself, that's worth giving everything for. Wow. That right there is worth going all in. all in. You're not gonna find a more worthy cause to give your life to than that. It has nothing to do with hope. It has nothing to do with Elam. It has everything to do with the kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever. And that's what we've been called to do. Reminds me of a story, some of you may have heard this story before, but when the Apple company, Apple technology company was just taking off, CEO and founder Steve Jobs, you may have heard of him, was in a boardroom and he was trying to grow the company. He was interviewing other executives to bring in and he was trying to recruit and lure in the VP of marketing from Pepsi company. Pretty big deal to come be a part of Apple. And he'd argued with them and they'd gone back and forth and finally in this boardroom filled with all these top level executives, he cleared everybody out and he was at one end of the board table and the, the VP from Pepsi was at the other end. And it says after, after argument, after argument, and going back and forth, and the Pepsi guy making excuse after excuse, I can't be a part of it. I can't join it. I'm too busy. I got this going on. I don't have time for this. I can't do this. I'm not worthy. I can't do this. Finally, Steve Jobs puts his hands on the boardroom table. True story. Looks at this guy in the eyes across the table and says, look, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life, or do you want to join us and help change the world? And 2,000 years ago, a rabbi from Nazareth said the exact same thing to some ordinary guys along the Sea of Galilee when he said, follow me. And whether you're online today or in the room, Jesus looks every single one of us in the eyes. And he says, you coming? I know it's hard. I know this has never been done before. You can't Google this. You coming? Are you ready to put your church hurt behind you in the past? Are you ready to leave your, your baggage and your wounds and your sins at the foot of the cross? Yes. Are you ready to leave the past behind you? Are you going to quit when things get hard? Are you going to stop praying for healing in the middle of a pandemic? 
or are you going to be the church? We're not going to shrink back as the church. We're going to move forward. Are you coming? Follow me, Jesus says. Follow me, Jesus says. (laughs) Or will you stay divided? Because the only thing that's going to stand in the way of that vision is if we stay divided. No, No mask can stop Jesus. No pandemic can stop Jesus. No derecho can stop Jesus. No recount on an election can stop the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God's called us to something, but we can't accomplish this vision if we stay in our boxes, if we focus on what divides us. Because here's the thing. We get offended by things and people that we don't understand. And the reason we're divided is because we haven't taken the time to come together and listen. We stay in our boxes, and that's what keeps us apart instead of doing the hard work of being the church that Jesus had in mind. It's time to leave the boxes and come together. Let's take a look at this final video. And then, praise God. And then there's all of us. But we can't be united if we stay in our box. The world sees it like this. Divide it. Can't, can't, can't be together. Can't, certainly can't start a church together. But little by little, we take steps towards each other. 25 plus years in the making, we're here. And if you look a little bit, yeah, praise God. You, uh, you look a little bit deeper at the deepest thing about hope and the deepest thing about Elam is the same. It's the same tree. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. That the Jesus who unites us is stronger than anything that could divide us. And... Uh, you know, you've been, you all have been clapping a lot today and clapping online. I am so honored to be standing up here with you today. You got work to do. Uh, you got work to do. This is Jesus' vision. This has been your vision for a long time, and I'm just honored to be. To this is a holy moment. We've come so far. Yeah, we've come so far. And you know, dang COVID, we'd be hugging each other right now. But I want you to know that I love you. And I'm honored to stand with you here today. We have so much work to do, and we know that. And Dr. King echoed that. He famously once said this, somebody must have enough sense in the world to meet hate with love, to meet physical force with soul force, and to stand up and say, I will not hate. And on that screen up there, that faded picture with a bunch of people, that is this room. The month that it opened in 1909 filled with 3,000 people. And this will be very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And that famous quote by Dr. King. Yeah, yeah. He spoke in 1959. Right there on this stage. Right there. Don't tell me that you're not a part of this. Hope Elam, we are being swept up into something, a bigger story, yes, something sir. much bigger than us today. And where does it start? How do you love like that? A love that can overcome hate. You can't do that on your own strength. You can't do that by just trying harder. You go to the cross. You come to the cross. Jesus. It starts there. How do you unify people in a city? How do you become build, bridge builders? How do you live out that vision? How do you be a change agent? How do you do social justice? You go to the cross of Jesus Christ and you let your heart break for the things that God's on, heart Pastor. breaks for. It starts at the cross. It starts at the cross. It's Jesus. And you open up your heart today. You open up your heart. Our yeah. deepest desire is that you would walk out of here today and not say, whoa, Hope Elam. Yeah. Whoa, Pastor Hurst. Whoa, Pastor John. Whoa, Jesus. Jesus is amazing. We're a Jesus church. We're a Jesus church. It's always been about him. It's always been about him. So let his love all the way in. And we know there are hundreds of you worshiping with us online that would have loved to be, would have done anything to be here today. And whether you're here in person, Jesus sees past your mask. Jesus is greater than technology. He sees past the distance, and we can't see you on the camera, but Jesus sees you. And he's calling out to you this morning, follow me, follow me. And I don't care if this is cheesy or not, but what I want you to do right now, if you're all in and if you're ready, not to just be a part of a church, but to join a movement of Jesus, of his kingdom in this city, type into the chat right now, say, I'm all in. All Say in. All, in. all in, all in. Let's all show in. them how to do it. One, two, three, all, all in. in. One, two, three, all, all in. in. We're all in to follow Jesus all today. In. All in to be a Jesus church. And there's no way that any of this happens unless we have a God that is a way maker that can bring two brothers, two churches, two cultures together. We have a way maker and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Wherever you're at, let's stand together. Let's worship him. Let's sing together.